Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Lynn Poindexter, and you're watching the 3B4. We are very excited about how so many of you responded last weekend to the ministry opportunity displays in the Mall at Bear and those who turned in one of our serving brochures. If you turned one in, you can expect a ministry leader to be in contact with you soon about training opportunities. As we continue towards October, the displays in the mall will stay up for several more weeks. Please stop by and talk to someone about serving, and then prayerfully consider where God would want you to plug in. Our worship and media ministry is hosting a team night on Thursday, September 28th at 7 p.m. at the Bear Campus. We are inviting anyone who is serving in this ministry at either campus to join us for a night of food, games, and fellowship. If you're considering serving in this ministry at either campus, you're also invited to join us. We will take a few minutes to introduce you to worship ministry, but the night will be about getting to know one another. You don't need to bring anything, just come and bring a friend. Project Home is a ministry that works to serve and engage homeless communities with targeted needs. This ministry is based in our Ellesmere campus and is led by Scott and Faye Bailey. They are in and around the communities close to the Ellesmere campus, distributing items from tents and blankets to personal items and food. If you would like to support this ministry by donating items, you will find a complete list inside Connect Central at Bear or by contacting the Ellesmere campus office. Thanks for being here today. 
You can find more information about all of our ministries by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. As we worship together today, our prayer is that you'll be feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship. Good morning. Welcome. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Those of you that are uh, in the room, we welcome you. Those of you that are worshiping with us online, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Can we stand together? We're in the house today, and let's begin by celebrating the fact that the battle does not belong to us, but it belongs to him. Fortress, you go. 
today. God, we thank you for the weapons that you give us to fight. The New Testament, Paul says the weapons of our warfare, the things that we fight with, are not carnal, but they are spiritual. The battle that we fight is not against flesh and blood. The battle that we fight is against principalities and evil spirits and the rulers of the darkness of this world. So it makes sense that when we fight, we don't fight in the traditional way that you would think. We fight on our knees with our hands lifted high. Now that sounds like a place of surrender, doesn't it? Exactly. That is exactly where God wants us to be. In a place of surrender so that He can fight for us. So God, we thank You for the weapons You give us and the battle strategy that we have against the weapons of the enemy. And we thank You today that You are always victorious. May not be at the timing that we think. It may not be in the way that we think. But you are always victorious. So we worship you today. Holy Spirit, fill this place with your presence. Encourage us and strengthen us and challenge us today. In Jesus' name. And we all said together, Amen. Well, come on and give the Lord praise before you're seated this morning. God, we worship you. We worship you. You may be seated. Well, again, we welcome you to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks so much for being here today to take some time out of your weekend to uh, join us uh, for worship. And uh, we pray that as we're all together today or as we're worshiping together online, that the Holy Spirit would fill each and every one of us and encourage us and strengthen us today. If you're new, you've never been here before, we want to extend a welcome to you. Uh, If you're new and you're worshiping online, uh, we also want to extend a special welcome to you. There's a few things you can do. If you're here in the house and uh, you're new, you can, uh, there's a connect card at your seat. You can take that connect card and just give us some information, just some basic information, uh, name and phone number, name and email address, or or uh, whatever you feel comfortable giving us. We just want to be able to communicate with you and thank you for your visit. Uh, if you're new and you're online, uh, in the upper right-hand corner of the screen, there's an I'm new here button, or you can uh, click the button that most likely popped up in the chat window right where you are. Uh, speaking of those connect cards, oh, I'm sorry, one more thing. Also, if you're new and uh, you're here in the building, when you go out of uh, the sanctuary this morning on the left side of the mall is our Connect Central. We encourage you to stop by there. You can... Meet some folks in the church, find out about the ministries that we have going on here at CTC and how you might get involved in that. So now back to the Connect cards. Those Connect cards at your seat, if you're a regular attender, you can uh, let us know that you're uh, here and who's worshiping with you. Same goes for those of you that are worshiping online. Please just, uh, and if you're worshiping online, we don't necessarily know that you're here unless you uh, take the time to sign in. So if you haven't, if you're worshiping with us online and you haven't taken the time to set up a, uh, a username and a profile and sign in uh, so that we know who's watching, uh, just take a second and, and do that. But at the very least, click that Connect card uh, to let us know you're watching. You can also communicate prayer needs or uh, praise reports that you have on that uh, card as well. And uh, we pray throughout the week. Different groups uh, meet at different times to pray for those needs. So uh, please give us that information. All right? God bless you. Here's Pastor. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Welcome online. Good to have all of you with us today. And uh, I want to take a, a moment. This is I call this... Uh, our stewardship moment where we just talk about the ways that we love, serve, and engage. Those are three words that we use here. You know, life is complicated enough in itself. And uh, generations ago, and I'm talking within my own lifetime, a couple generations ago, uh, we, you know, everybody went to church. Everybody 
uh, had some influence with, with, with church, and it was a much greater part of society. And uh, it was just kind of what we did. But in our world today, how do we follow Jesus? What do we do as followers of Jesus Christ? Here at Christ the Cornerstone, we've kind of used three terms to help us remember what Jesus asks us to do. He says, love. Love God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I think that, that verse in itself kind of encapsulates these three words. Love, serve, use your gifts and your talents that God has given you to, to have and to, to use to, uh, to serve others, to serve God, and, and to help others, and to engage, to engage the world in the, with the good message of Jesus Christ, sharing that wherever we go in whatever way we can. So in the stewardship time, we're talking about those kinds of things that we're that we're doing. And, uh, you know, we have a homeless ministry uh, in, in a couple of ways. We support homeless persons in our area. One is through an a organization in Elkton called Meeting Ground, and, and that's a very effective ministry. And then we have our own ministry through our Ellesmere campus. Uh, there's a couple. They are homeless themselves. They live out of their uh, pickup truck at our Ellesmere campus. And they, they have a ministry to others. They, they're faithful followers of Jesus. And uh, they have a ministry to other homeless persons in, in the area. And uh, we got word this week that there's a, a gentleman that they've been working with for 16 years. And uh, finally, he was able to overcome the hurdles of his homelessness and finally able to get into a home. So we praise God for that and uh, the, the, the ministry that we have. With others, and you know, the, these kinds of problems that people have can be chronic in their lives, and it takes a lot of effort and energy and things to, to get over these hurdles. So praise God that we're able to, able to do that. And I thank you for your generosity uh, that helps us, both at this campus and, and our Ellesmere campus, just to be generous and work with these families like this. Last week I mentioned that as we are moving towards our date of disaffiliation in the United Methodist Church, we want to make sure that we have funds that are available to that. And I gave an invitation for those of you who are able to, to make a contribution towards that. Uh, and, and if you're interested in that and considering helping us with that, uh, please call the church office or contact me or contact Daniel. And we'll give you more information about how to do that. We're, we are, Our uh, disaffiliation uh, amount that we have to pay is $400,000. And through this this appeal that I've made, we've raised uh, about 150000 of that from gen generous people. Praise God for that. And uh, so we have, we have some, some more ways to go. And what I'm talking about, these are, these are short-term loans that we're asking our congregation to give. And uh, we will repay that within a very quick amount of time. Some other plans that we have to be able to return that money to you as quickly as we can. Uh, but it's a matter of timing and a matter of a deadline uh, that, that we're up against. So if you're interested in that, please call the church office uh, either here or at the, at the Ellesmere campus. And uh, we would be glad for you to engage and serve in that way. Let's remind each other of some of the scriptures that we use to inspire and to encourage and to teach us to give, to trust God for all things and to give, uh, give faithfully. Uh, not to, to, to hear through the ministries of Christ the Cornerstone, but wherever you are. So let's read this verse together that's on the screen. It is a sin to belittle one's neighbor. Blessed are those who help the poor. 
Let's stand again as we continue worshiping God and the team comes back and uh, we'll praise God. Uh, just give you a testimony about things that we can praise God for. So let's pray as we continue to worship God this morning. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your providence in our lives. We thank you, God, for the way that you provide, that you care for, whether it's financial, physical, and other material things. God, you don't want us to suffer in this life. We praise you, God, for providing shelter to those. And and there are many people in this world, God, who need shelter, and, and you watch over them, you care for them. We thank you, God, for all these blessings that you give to us. Now, God, as we continue to praise you and worship you, come, Holy Spirit, inhabit the praises of your people. Be in our voices, be in our minds, be in our thoughts, be in our actions, and be glorified in all that we do. We ask this in Jesus' name and because of Jesus. Amen. There's a grace when the heart is under fire Another way when the walls are closing in And when I look at the space between Where I used to be and this reckoning I know I will never be alone There was another in the fire Standing next to me, there was another in the water, holding back the seas. Should I ever need reminding how I've been set free, there is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. There is another in the fire. All my debts left were dead beneath the waters. I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore. And should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning, either way I won't bow to the things of this world. And I know I will never be alone There is another in the fire Standing next to me There is another in the water Holding back the sea Should I ever need reminding With power set me free There is a grave that holds no Power lives in me. There is another in the fire. 
joy come every battle. Why? Because when we fight, we fight on our knees with our hands lifted high. The prophet Isaiah said, when you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. So whether it's fire or flood, whatever difficult time, whatever good time is happening in your life. We've said this before in in this room, and you've heard me say this probably a dozen times, but God is always doing Maybe 10,000 things in your life at any given point. And you might be aware of one or two, maybe three. So the miracles that happen in our... We talk about miracles happening in our lives. They happen all the time and we're just not aware of them. The accident at the intersection that you missed because you left 
three minutes before you did or three minutes after you were going to. All kinds of things that happen in our lives that God orchestrates that we have no idea. And so when we think about the blessings that we have and the miracles that happen and the fact that He stands with us in the fire and in the flood. Mm. All my life I've been carried by grace. Don't ask me how because I can't explain. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here. I've got some blessings that I don't deserve. I've got some scars, but that's how you learn. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here. I think it over and it doesn't add up. I know it comes from above. And I've got miracles on miracles. A million little miracles. Miracles on miracles. Count your miracles. One, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. You held me steady so I wouldn't give up. You opened doors that nobody could shut. I hope I never get over what you've done. I want to live with an open heart. I want to live like I know who you are. I hope I never get over what you've done. It's not coincidence and it's not luck. I know it comes from above. Come on now. And I've got miracles on miracles. A million little miracles. Oh, miracles on miracles. Count your miracles, one, two, three, four, I can't even count them all. Miracles on miracles, a million little miracles. Mm-hmm. Miracles on miracles, count your miracles, one, two, three, four, I can't even count them all. And I can't even, I can't even count them all. I can't even, I can't even count them all. I can't even, I can't even count them all. One, two, three, four, I can't even count them all. And I can't even, I can't even count them all. I can't even, I can't even count them all. I can't even, I can't even count them all. One, two, three, four, I can't even count them all. And I can't even, I can't even, I can't even count them all. I can't even, I can't even count them all. I can't even, I can't even count them all. One, two, three, four, I can't even count them all. Miracles on miracles. 
million little miracles. Thank you, God, for the miracles on miracles. Count your miracles. One, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. Miracles on miracles. A million little miracles. Mm-hmm. Miracles on miracles. Count your miracles. One, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. Father, we give praise to you for all the miracles in our lives. We give honor to you because you are our Father. We give glory to you because you welcome us. God, today, when we have a battle that we can't face, that we think we can't fight, a miracle that we need from you, we know you welcome us. I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. I see it now, I'm laying it down, and I know that I need you. I run to the Father, I fall into grace, I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend, so I run to the Father again and again.
God is good. God is good. More than April. Let me invite the children, if you would come down, and we'll say a blessing for you as you go off to your, your room. And we're so glad. You know, that song that we just sang, Heart of the Father, we come to Him again and again. God loves us all. And we must not forget that. Let's pray for our young ones. Father, we do thank You. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that You look at us. And God, I know that that our human fathers, and we even us human fathers, are not as good and loving and strong and courageous as You are. So we worship You, not because You're like us as a father, but because You are the Heavenly Father like no other. So we can look up to You, God, and we do, and we thank You, God, for Your mercy, for Your kindness, for Your protection. And we ask that You will be to these young ones that Father (laughs) that their real dads never can be. And we admit that. We admit that. We thank You, Jesus. So protect them, guide them, comfort them, be with their teachers, that they will... Soak in your love and your wisdom, growing in knowledge, stature, and wisdom, and in favor with you and with others all their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. about this uh, acting out, playing our part in the kingdom of God. You've heard the saying, you just had one job. Has anybody ever said that to you? <laughs> you, you didn't do it. For example, one of, you know, all of us have more than one job, but uh, psychologists tell us that even though we talk about multitasking in our world today, nobody ever does multitask. We really only do one thing at a time. Some of us can get one thing done quicker than others. But one of the one jobs that I have is to bring coffee down to Carolyn in the morning. And there are days when sometimes I don't get it right or we we don't do that one thing that we have to do so that we can we can do it. Did you know that we have a we have a school here at Christ the Cornerstone for children, infant up to preschool and uh, we have about a, more than 100 students who are, We also have a before and after care program. There are about 60 students, 60 to 70 students in that program. So we have a lot of children here every morning. And in the summertime, some of those children are here all day long. And it's a beautiful ministry and a beautiful program that we have. And we do it well. And there's a long waiting list for some, some of us, have, some of here have been on that waiting list for their children to get into our school. So I, I'm a little bit hesitant to tell this story, but, but, but let me assure you this, no 
child was harmed <laughs> in the telling of this story. We have our kitchen staff, Kim, and her, her assistant in there, Jason, have one job to do, and that's to provide safe, good food for our children. And they're doing their job excellently. Now I'm going to tell you a story how I know they're doing their job excellently, right? Because Friday... Jason was opening a can of pears to serve to our children. You remember Sesame Street and that little song when they were trying to teach children uh, to, to notice the differences between or the contrasts between this thing and that thing? There was this little song that one of these things is not like the other. One of these things is just not the same or something like that. And, well, Jason, apparently, he's of that generation that sang that song when he was a little boy. And so he learned very well how to notice the difference between one thing and another. So he was opening this can of pears to serve to our children. And as he was scooping it out into bowls, none of them got served to the children. Everything got clean. But as he was doing that, he noticed in that can, one of these things is not like the others. You know, our, 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 the federal, the FDA, what is that? F, our, our, our federal government, whatever, Department of Agriculture, I guess that's what FDA stands for, uh, allows certain limits of things in our food, uh, safety things. And you don't want to know all the details about what is allowed by the FDA in our food sources. But it's there to protect us, and they do a pretty good job and we, we usually hear about it when they don't. So anyway, Jason opened this can. Do you want to know what he found? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Let, let, me, let me ask you at this time to either to cover your ears or to close your eyes, because I've, I've got it over here. Oh, and it's, it's sealed up. I'm hold my, hold, my, hold my papers. So there is... A, so we can see the pears floating at the top of the juice. And then there's one of these things that does not look like the other down in the bottom of this jar. But I remind you, nobody got hurt in this. And our staff is doing an excellent job and the right thing to make sure that everybody is safe. And so we're doing, we, 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 we recorded the, the, the can number and we're calling the company and, and doing what we need to do to make sure everybody's safe. But they have one job to do and they're doing it. Praise God. They're doing it. So we're not yelling at them. We're thanking them. We're thanking them for paying attention and doing, doing their job. You know, it's the same thing in the church. Jesus has given the church one job to do. We just have one thing to do. Let's read from the book of Acts as we're talking and thinking about playing our part in the kingdom of God. Let's see, what is that one thing that Jesus has for us to do? And we can see it in Acts chapter 13, verses 38 through 41. And this is what it, this is what it says. It says, brothers, listen. We are here to proclaim. Some translations may say preach. Some translations may say announce. In the, in the Greek, the root word 
for this word proclaim is the word, ready for this? Angel. Because an angel is a messenger and a message is an angel. That's the Greek word, angel, A-N-G-E-L. That's how we would spell it in English letters. And in the Greek, it's angel, and it means message. And to proclaim that message is to angel. <laughs> it's to angel, it's to proclaim it. So we, we are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness of your sins. Everyone who believes in Him, is made right in God's sight. That's something the law of Moses could never do. Be careful. Don't let the prophet's words apply from to you. And these words that he's quoting come from the prophet Habakkuk. For they say, look, you mockers, be amazed and die. In other words, look, you can make fun of what God is doing. You can make fun of what God has done through Jesus Christ. You can make fun of it and you can mock it and you cannot believe it. But if you do that, you're going to die. Because the wages of sin is death. He says, look, you mockers. Okay, you can mock God, but know the consequences of mocking God. For I am doing something in your day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. Now that reminds me that in, in the world then, as in the world today, when people tell us something, we have a choice. We can believe it or not. And that's the choice we have. Believe it or not. Ripley's has made lots of money on that phrase. Believe it or not. And our one job the one job we as a church have to do is to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, this human Jesus, yes, we believe Jesus is fully God. We believe Jesus is fully human. It has to be both of those things. If He's not fully God, He could not have done what He did. If He wasn't fully human, He could not have done what He did. It's a mystery. We can't explain it fully, but we've got to trust it, believe it or not. We have one thing to do, to announce that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. That's our one job that we've got to do. It. Everything that we do at Christ the Cornerstone has got to be for the goal of proclaiming to others this one task. What's our one task? <laughs> let's, let's read it. Let's go back to verse 38. Can we put it back on the screen? What's our one task? We are here to proclaim, read it with me, that through this man Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. That's our job. We have one thing to do. I got thinking about that and I got thinking, uh, wondering, do people, and, 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 and I suppose if you, if you have an example to illustrate this, the answer to this question, I, I certainly invite you to shout it out or, or whatever. 
But it got me thinking, do people in our world today realize that they need forgiveness from God? And if people do or when people realize that they need forgiveness from God, how does that manifest itself in their life? How do they come to the realization that they need forgiveness from God? I think that every human being has to come to this realization. And it may take some of us a long time to get there, and some of us get there quickly. And I don't want to judge one better than the other because that's not the point. The point is, and Jesus said, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I don't know how that's going to happen, but I do know this, that every human being was created, designed, planned <laughs> to have a right relationship with God. In other words, there's a design for all that is. And we were created to connect with God. And until we have that connection with God, we're not fully experiencing our humanity. Because all humans were created in the image of God, male and female. And until we find that relationship with God, we're not experiencing the fullness of humanity. I know that's a, that's a statement that to many ears they will mock that statement. But I believe it's true. Here's how I think we come to that realization. It takes some time. It often takes a painful experience. But we even see this in, in our own relationships with other people because God created us to be able to know, to sense in some way in our heart or in our gut or in our mind. Did you know that there's a, there is a brain in your stomach? <laughs> there is a nervous system within our intestinal system that operates independently from our central nervous system in our brain. There are, there, there are, there are um, uh, medications, and some of us are taking these medications on a regular basis. There are medications that help our brain, be able, our, our central nervous system, be able to do what it's supposed to do. In other words, these are, these are medications that, that deal with the nerves in our body and the sensations and the emotions that we have and how our brain deals with the hormones and all that stuff. Those medications not only affect that nervous system in our brain, they also affect the nervous system that's down here. We call those side effects. And so there is this nervous system that these medications are designed to, to, to deal with this up here, but they have a, a, another reaction with the nervous system that's down here. Some of them are not pleasant. <laughs> and this is, this is something, I, I, I'm getting way off and I don't want to go too far, but, I, but I, there, there, there's, it's the second brain or whatever, and I got a book on my shelf that written by a medical doctor talking about the second brain. And I, it gets way too scientific for me. But it, I know enough to know. that, that there, And so when people talk about making a gut decision, there is, a, there is an intelligence to that. 
And I think that's easier for us all to understand than what I just said about the nerves and all that stuff. <laughs> but all of us, some of us are better at understanding that, that intuition or that gut sense that we have. I think that there's a sense in every human being that knows when a relationship is broken. Children know it when they disappoint their parents. Children know it without having been told that they've done something wrong. Children know it when there is reconciliation between them and mom and dad. In other words, that's to me, that's evidence that God has created us to be able to know when we've done right and wrong. And we're all different. And this need for forgiveness is closely related to what I'm describing in our, in our created bodies. Every person becomes aware at some point in their life of their need for forgiveness. I remember reading a quote once about somebody was writing about atheists. And I don't remember who said this, but, but the quote goes like this. It says, I, 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 pity is not the right word. It's, maybe it is. I pity atheists because atheists have no one to forgive them. And so, so, so it's, there's a sense in us that we need forgiveness from our Creator because we know we all have lived life in the way that is not right according to what God has created us to live. We have that sense. The Holy Spirit comes upon us and, and convicts us and says, that ain't right. I have messed up my life. We come to that realization. We call that sin. We call that missing the mark. And, and there are times when we, we just have this sense, my life's not right. My life's not at peace. Well, how do we know that our life is supposed to be in peace? Except that God created us with the sense that life is supposed to be peaceful. And so we understand these things. We need God in our lives. Jesus said, blessed are those who realize their need for God. For theirs is the kingdom of God. They're right there, right next to it. God, I know I need You. How does Jesus, how does this man, that with the job that we're supposed to have to proclaim that through this man there is forgiveness of sins and God looks at us as right? Jesus died on the cross to forgive our sins. There is a penalty for sin. There is a penalty for wrongdoing. There are consequences. I don't care if you want to talk about penalties or you want to talk about consequences. Maybe it's easier to talk about consequences. <laughs> it's a more politically correct word today. But there are always consequences to missing the mark of the plan that God has for our lives. And ultimately, Paul says in Romans, the wages of sin, the consequences of sin is death. Eternal death. Some people talk about hell. Some people don't like to talk about hell these days. Some people talk about an eternal separation from God. It doesn't matter what it's like, but if we're created to live with God for eternity, being eternally separated from God would be eternally missing the mark. And, and if we're missing the mark, we're constantly hungering for that which we cannot have. That's hell. A desire that is never satisfied. 
And, and, and there are many people in our world today living even today, desiring something, looking for satisfaction in everything that will not satisfy. There's one who can satisfy. This man, Jesus, through whom there is forgiveness for your missing the mark. Trust him. In that, you who believe have one message to give. Those of us who trust in Jesus have one task to do to proclaim however we can, whenever we can, wherever we can, with whomever we're with. That this man, Jesus, brings forgiveness for sin, our sins, your sins. Then he says, no one can fulfill every law of man or law of Moses. God sent, God told the Israelites, gave them the law of Moses to show them this is right living. Gave them the law. And Paul says in, in, in Romans and in other places that the purpose of the law is only one thing. To prove that we cannot, we human beings cannot do everything right to earn our favor with God. That's why Jesus has to come because the law, none of us can perform the law perfectly enough to get God to look at us with righteousness, with right eyes. Only through this man, Jesus, do we receive that forgiveness. No law, no law of Moses or man is able to move us to that place of righteousness. And then everyone who believes in him it says is made right in God's sight. I love that phrase. It takes me back to childhood and those times when I know that I've disobeyed mom and dad. And I don't want to tell mom and dad what I've done. <laughs> because I know that they're going to look at me with their eyes and just in their look at me I know that I'm not right in their eyes with God. With them. But then when I say to them, Mom, this is what I've done and I'm sorry. And Mom says, I forgive you. It's okay. She has that look. Or Dad has that look that says, I get it. We're okay. And that's what God does because of this man, Jesus, and His death. On the cross. Not just his death on the cross, but his resurrection and the power that he gives to us. We have one job to do to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness of sins. Now, how do we do that? How do we proclaim that? We have all kinds of things. I said a few minutes ago that at Christ the Cornerstone, everything we do must be about. Moving people toward this realization that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness of whose sins? Yours. I love that, it, that the Scripture turns it. Now, it doesn't just say, through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness of sin. It gets personal. Yours. And that points the finger. And that presumes you're a sinner. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just offend you? <laughs> Through this man, Jesus. We have that job. Everything we do. 
How do we do that? Let me give you some illustrations how we do that. I told you earlier during our stewardship moment about one way we do that through Scott and Faye in the homeless ministry. It's called Project Home. Helping, I don't know, H-O-M-E is an acronym for something, but we have too many acronyms in this world and I can never keep them straight. But every day, Scott and Faye, are, are, they, they take the, the, the green van that, that Christ the Cornerstone has and they, they've put in the back, they've taken two seats out of the back of that van so that when they go up, they go to an intersection where there's somebody standing there with a, with, with a sign that says, please help. And uh, they, go, they pull to the side and they ask that person to come over to the van and they open the back doors of the van and, 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 and they say, here, take what you need. And there's, and there's, there's uh, information there about Jesus. But not just that. There's, there's uh, soap and there's toothpaste and there's, there's little packets of medication. And, and, and I've got, uh, I went to the dentist a couple weeks ago and, of course, you get a toothbrush and you get a little packet of toothpaste and you get some dental floss. And, and, and I have so much dental floss that it would go around the world 15 times. And so I don't need that much dental floss. And so I take that little free dental floss and I give it to Scott and Faye. And you can do the same thing. You can bring it here and we'll, we'll give it to Scott and Faye or other things. A year ago today, remember we talked about, uh, we, I had on the, on the table here a tin can and I stuffed it with toilet paper a roll of toilet paper and I poured alcohol, rubbing alcohol over it and I lit it with a fire and it made a little stove. And as the weather's getting cold again, we do these things so that we can have a relationship with other people through which we can tell them through this man Jesus, there is forgiveness of your sin. That's one way we do it. We, did it, we do it when we have funerals at the church. And we do it when our clergy or, or members of our church go to a funeral home and they lead a, a, a family through a funeral. There is a moment when, oh, God forgive us if at funerals or even at weddings we don't say, forgive us God, if we don't say that through this man Jesus there is forgiveness of your sins. That's our one job. And we had a funeral on Friday. Here, beautiful woman. Some of you may remember Vontiva Williams. She attended this church many years ago. Her daughter, Carolyn Williams, was a pastor on staff. Here, uh, my boss, Reverend Joe Archie, uh, who's our district superintendent of the United Methodist Church for the Delaware District, he was, he was urged to become a pastor by this woman, Vontiva Williams. And so he was here celebrating her life. And the family gathered and the friends gathered and they it was it was a celebration. Then you come out of a funeral, lift it up. <laughs> Why? Because during that funeral is proclaimed that through this man Jesus there is forgiveness of sins and the hope of everlasting life. We do it through funerals. At our Ellesmere campus this last week, Stephen Scholes and Debbie from England, they're there for, they're, they're, what, they're in our third week. They got three weeks left with us up there. Stephen got this idea. He said, I saw an evangelist do this once and the Lord just laid it on my heart and, and I think we need to do this at Ellesmere and it's a stupid idea, but let's do it. Well, tell me, Stephen, what is your stupid idea? <laughs> well, there was this, there was this evangelist that, that I saw back in the 50s or the 60s and he took a, cro- a big cross... And he fastened a wheel to the end of it and he walked through town. 
and he just had conversation with anybody. And I want to do that through Ellesmere. I think we need to do that. I think God's telling us to get across. I said, well, Stephen, we've got a cross at the Bear Campus. We've got lots of crosses at the Bear Campus, and we probably have one that would fit you perfectly. <laughs> and so we came, and I went to, the, to, to our room back there where we have several crosses, and, and I picked one up. It was, it, was about, it was about this tall, seven feet, something like that, and made of four-by-fours four and, and weighed probably 30 or 40 pounds. And, and we went to Home Depot and got a wheel for it. I actually, I think Bill, Pastor Bill found a wheel downstairs someplace that we fastened to it. And, and Stephen, uh, uh, last week on Tuesday, and I think they, did they do it on Thursday? I don't remember if they did it on Thursday or not. But they went through, they went down Kirkwood Highway through Ellesmere, carrying, walking with this cross. They had some, they had some materials that talked about Jesus. And people, as they were walking down, people were waving from their cars. That's great. Yay. People were honking their horn or carrying the cross. Yay for the cross. They went into the Wawa uh, in, in Ellesmere and, and people started talking with them and said, why are you carrying? Why are you walking down with the cross? Because we have one thing to proclaim, that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness of sins. And Stephen would talk to them and, and he would invite them and he would say, if you believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, I invite you to sign your name on this cross. And people did. And I'm sorry that if somebody in this church says, well, I made that cross, you let people sign their names on it? Yes, I did. Because it becomes another testimony. Not only is Stephen carrying this cross through town proclaiming, I believe, but the people who come up to it and say, oh, here's, here's John, here's Adam, here's Priscilla, who, whoever. I don't know who these people are, but they're people who believe in Jesus also. Thank you, God, for claiming we have one job to do. Several months ago, we met a young woman who grew up in this church as a child, Kelsey Stave. And we, she was back here. Now she's grown. She's, she's been a teacher. She's been in several jobs. But she, she, she um, came to hear about an organization called Youth with a Mission, YWAM. We call it YWAM. And she was moved by God to become a missionary with YWAM. And so she came back to Christ the Cornerstone and she told us about the vision that God's laid on her heart. She shared her testimony with us about growing up in this church and the, and the anxiety that she felt and feels as an adult woman in this life. And she told us why she has so much anxiety and the fa- some of the family issues. She didn't embarrass her family. She was just sharing her testimony, and she, she, so, so she was asking us to support her in, in her move from leaving her one career to another career as being a missionary, and she was asking us for support, and we promised for a year to pay $500 to support her in this, and her first task as she raised her money was to go to training, and then she had to make the, the, the difficult admission that she's going to Hawaii as a missionary. <laughs> what? That doesn't sound like suffering for Jesus, but that's where the training is. And so she called me last, uh, I guess Friday, she called me on Friday and says, I'm, I'm finished with my training in Hawaii and, and in a week or so I'm going to fly out to, 
to Costa Rica where I'll get more training for three more weeks and then after that I'll be going to Panama which I'll be working directly with other people and I really feel God calling me to take another step and to make a commitment with this organization to be a missionary for two years and they've asked me to be part of their training program. So God is moving in her life and she says, Pastor, I want to tell you some about, about the training that I've been receiving and every week we have a different theme. And on week six, we got to the theme. And the theme of week six in my training was the heart of God the Father. And we just sang about that. About God being our Heavenly Father. How He cares for us. And in the prayer that I gave for the children, I think it's important. It is, it is critical that as we think about God, that we, that we recognize the times that we think about God being created in our human image. Something wrong with what I just said. So listen carefully to it. Too often, people think that God is like us humans. That's absolutely backwards. God is not created in our image. We are created in God's image. And because every person, every human has missed the mark... We can't possibly look at one another and say, well, God is like you. That's absolutely ridiculous. So where do we go to find out who God is like, what God is like? Go to Scripture. We go to Jesus. This man through whom there is forgiveness for sin. So be careful. So we talk about God, our Father. This was was her, uh, her lesson for that week. God is a loving Heavenly Father. And, she, and, and Kelsey told me that through that week, her colleagues at her, her school, and she knows we've been praying for her and, and her anxiety, and she says, you know what, Pastor? I was healed of my anxiety. It is gone. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And, and, and next week, our, our, our next Sunday, it's Communion Sunday, so there's going to be a lot going on in worship. message is going to be shorter, but I want to give you an opportunity. And maybe you want to invite somebody to come next week. Somebody who needs to be prayed for, for healing of any kind. Because that's the theme for next Sunday's message. God heals His people. Not as a destination in itself, but God brings healing so that others can know that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness of sins. Healings don't come to us as as an end point. Healings come to us because God wants us to share that and proclaim that through Jesus, there is forgiveness of sins. So, we praise God that she received healing of her anxiety. And we thank God for that. You have on your table, remember, we have one thing to do. In this theme of playing your part. Now I want you to think about what is your part in doing this. And on your table is a pamphlet. And I'm going to find a way to put this on the internet so those of you who are watching online can have access to this too. Uh, I will be mailing it out as well. But there's a pamphlet. It's yellow. It's got a picture of the guy playing his part uh, in the kingdom of God. I want you to take that out. I've got mine right here. And I want us to, don't open it, just flip, flip it over to the back side. And I want to read through these things that maybe God is calling you to play your part through the ministry of Christ the Cornerstone.
And Daniel, who, run, who, who de- runs our youth program, has listed three things that he would very much enjoy your help in doing. People willing to open their homes to host a student-led youth meeting. Now, we have, a, we have a beautiful facility here, but Daniel noticed during COVID and just before COVID that when he invites young people to come to his house, the, the work of ministry is different than coming to an institutional building. And so he's looking for more homes. If we want to reach more young people, they all can't fit in Daniel's house. And so what I'm praying for, and this scares Daniel to death, is more so many kids that he's got to have ten homes where youth are meeting every Sunday night or whenever they are. Because they all can't be, get together. But in order for that to happen, we need to have people who are willing to ho- open their homes for a few young people to come to a, to a small group meeting. We have to have people who, who, who are leading that group, and etc. But that's what Daniel asks for. Teachers for s- small group leaders. Help coordinate meals for youth group meetings. Kids like to eat. Life group leaders. Willing to start and lead a life group. Administrative tasks here in the office. Assisting with large mailings and miscellaneous office projects. Staying, taking some time to sit at the reception desk. Some of you already do that and we're grateful for that while we have staff meetings or other things going on. Property maintenance. We need people who, we need general handy persons. Sometimes we need carpentry skills. There's a, uh, we have some signs that we want to install on our field out here. And I just need somebody who's willing to dig a hole and put a post in it and screw a board to it. <laughs> if you've got that ability, check that thing off and let me know. These things don't get done unless somebody says, hey, I can do that. We've had, we have a coffee maker that broke down and Lynn wants me to spend $800 to get a brand new one and I don't want to spend $800 to get a brand new one. So we've called the serviceman and, I, and the serviceman wants $350 to come out here and put a little part on it that I think we can buy for 50 bucks, and one of you knows how to put this thing back together. You know, these are the things that can get done. A cleaning team. We, so we all walk in here and we say, oh, there's a stain because I spilled my coffee on the carpet two weeks ago and that stain is still there. I'm so embarrassed. Well, maybe you can come and run the shampooer and get that staying out of there. We need people to do those kinds of things. And there are times, you know, the little corners of the windows get dusty sometimes. And, and yeah, we have somebody on staff that looks over that stuff, but we need volunteers to make this space spotless at times, especially around certain times. And landscaping, summer, winter, and fall, and spring planting and things. Can you drive a school bus or a, a CDL license? Anybody got a CDL license? Uh, we need bus drivers. We have a we have a bus, and I know that we've asked for this in the past, and 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 it takes some work. And I've offered to pay uh, for people to get their CDL license so that you can be available to to take uh, groups on trips and things like that. Accounting, Daniel, who does our finances, also. Uh, could use some help in assisting in the counting and the recording and depositing of our weekly offerings and uh, people who can just keep track of that kind of stuff. That's just an example. So take this, what I'm asking you to do, finding your place, how your part to play in the kingdom of God. Remember, all of it is to help us proclaim this one thing, that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness of sin, of your sin. So take this. You're going to see this for the next several weeks. 
Uh, you don't have to turn it in today. Some of some people have already turned it in. You can turn it in at any time. You can drop it into the baskets where you put your prayer cards and your offerings and things and, and fill it out. What I want you to do is go through this and check the things that, that you say, hey, I have that ability. But I want you to choose three of all the things that you have the ability to do. Choose your top three that if we call you and say, hey, would you consider, do you have time to do this? You'll, you'll seriously say, I will check my calendar and I will be there to help. You're not making a commitment today to, to do these things. You're just making a commitment to make yourself available. And we will keep that throughout the year and see what you want, what you want to do. Hang on to that. Like I said, I'm going to be mailing it out to you so you don't have any excuse. Oh, I forgot that thing. And uh, you'll get another one each Sunday. Playing your part in the kingdom of God. Let's get back to that real that one thing though. Do you believe that Jesus, through Jesus, there is forgiveness of your sin? That is the absolute place to start. Romans 1:16 says, "I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ." This good news is the power of God at work. Saving everyone who believes. The Jew first, and then the Gentile. You know that that last phrase includes everybody in the world. Everybody in the world. For all people. Let's stand together as we think about what what God's calling us to do. And if you want to come and kneel and pray, if God's leading you to do something, I invite you to come and kneel here and and just say to God, yes, God, I will do that. Yes, God, I will follow you. Or, yes, God, I do believe that Jesus has forgiven all my sin and I commit myself to trust in Him. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You. Thank You, Jesus, that through You, You forgive us And God looks at us with right eyes. He smiles. He says, welcome to the family. All your sins are forgiven. I hold nothing against you. Come and fellowship with me. Jesus, we want that. We desire that. Forgive us, God, for all the things that we do in our lives to distract us and the desire that really is leading us to you, but we we get distracted from you and we go to other things which cannot satisfy. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to us. Holy Spirit, come as we pray and as we sing. Minister to us, Jesus, in these moments. Help us respond to you with faith. Amen. Oh. Uh-huh.
pray today that we would understand all the way back from the beginning of the service today we made the realization that we only fight on our knees with our hands lifted because the battle is different and our job is different from what we might expect it to be so Lord we know that in our own strength and in our own gifts we're not enough unless you come and meet us and add your anointing and your blessing to what you've called us to do. So God, as we go today, we pray that in the name of Jesus that you would set us free to to understand that, that you're always with us, that you're always there, and that you're leading us. Empower us and strengthen us, Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. The altar area is still open for prayer. There are folks at the prayer stations. Uh, If you're online, you can still meet with folks for the next several minutes. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Have a great week.